Welcome into the latest episode of Recruiting Down South, the Saturday Down South podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle's at Michael W. Bratton, and I go by SEC Mike. And today we got a really good guest lined up for you. We got Corey Long. He's the SDS recruiting expert, and he was down in Orlando for the Under Armour All-American game last weekend, so I figured he'd be a great person to kind of bounce some questions off of some of the prospects down there, uh, and also, you know, a couple more players that went to, that didn't participate in that game, but did in the U.S. Army All-American game. Of course, there's so much talent in Florida, you really can't uh, group them all into one All-Star game. There's just, there's just too many good players there. So, uh, yeah, our guest today, Corey Long, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Long. I think you're really going to like this one. Okay, today's guest on the Recruiting Down South podcast is our very own Corey Long. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Long. Uh, he's a must-follow for all kind of SEC recruiting. Uh, he's based out of Florida, and he went down to the 2018 Under Armour All-American game. So I just wanted to get his thoughts on uh, just, just his main takeaways from the guys down there ahead to SEC. So um, thanks for joining us, uh, Corey. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, doing well. It was a uh, uh, sitting here in traffic uh, right now, as most of us <laughs> tend to do Friday afternoons if you're around uh, Central Florida. So sitting on a bridge in an unnamed area, just uh, just sitting, just sitting in traffic. We're glad to talk to you. All right, great. So uh, hopefully this will be a little bit inter- more entertaining than just uh, looking at the back end of another car. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, this car is the the bumper stickers are kind of faded on the one that's in front of me, so not even a whole lot to read there. Okay, the the first guy that I wanted to ask you about, just to get your general thoughts on uh, running back Maurice Washington. Uh, he was a complete unknown to me going into this game. Obviously, he came away with uh, offensive MVP honors for one side. And now it looks like he's got interest from a couple SEC schools. I know Nebraska is also interested in him. So uh, just just wondering your thoughts on Maurice Washington and, and what he showcased during that game. Well, he was electric. I mean, clearly, right away it seemed like, um, and he was, uh, he was on Deion Sanders' team, and right away it seemed like the staff took an affinity to him. They let him start. And you know, right away, really targeted him with some big plays. He scores on a he scores on a on a, on a nice little inside zone run. Scores on a wheel route, makes a big a uh, big kick return. I think it was a sixty-three yard kick return. Then scores later on that drive. So first player to ever have a rushing and receiving touchdown in an Under Armour game. First player to score three touchdowns in an Under Armour game. And uh, he was electric all day. I mean, he really was. A, he was a young man that was out there. He's a uh, very much under the radar kid, you know, kind of your mid-level quote unquote three-star prospect. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, from what I, from what I was told all week, you know, he had a pretty, he was competing hard and, uh, he had definitely earned the right to get some touches in the game. And, you know, when he went out there, he made things happen. And I remember it was either right after or late in the week he had got late, late before the game, he had gotten a, a Tennessee offer. And I was curious to see, you know, what was going to come of him, you know, after this game. Because I feel like, you know, there were a few people that were really going to jump on him late. And, then, you know, when I look at him as a prospect, uh, you know, not any one thing he does blows you away per se, but he's a really, you know, he's a good 
you know, he's a good back and what I you know, in today's football, today's more you know, more spread West Coast type. You want a running back that can make plays in the passing game and plays in the running game and he's got that ability. He's got really good hands and a really, and he's really and he's seen and he's a smart receiver and he seems to run the routes well out of the backfield. So, you know, I find that I you know, I find that there's a lot of schools he could fit into, but the ones are you know, primarily ones that are going to get the ball in his hands in different ways. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mention that because it seems like ever since leading up to that game and following that performance, Ole Miss and Tennessee are really interested in getting him in. He's scheduled to visit each of those schools, uh, Ole Miss a week from, from today, essentially, Tennessee the following weekend. So if let's say he goes to either one of those schools. I'm not sure which way he's leaning at all at this point, but uh, I would imagine, as you noted, his recruiting has picked up tremendously from his week there. Uh, is is he a player that you think could potentially make an impact in his first year? And it was obviously running backs tend to, uh, it's a little bit easier for them to come in immediately, both at the college and the NFL level. So could you see him making some contribution next next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, impact, it's, it's always a funny thing. Do I think he can get out there and get reps as a freshman and get some PT? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm not, I couldn't say he's going to be an all freshman guy. I don't know. Uh, it just, it depends on his, his usage rate. But when I look at his skill set, you know, can you put him on your return team? Yes. Can he, can he come in right away and do some things that you would want a third down back to do? Yes. Although I'm not sure about how good his pass protection is. I think he's a relatively tough young man. So that would tell me that as he puts more weight on his frame, that, you know, he's a kid that you could, you could trust in pass protection. But, I um, mean, in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield, in terms of, you know, running the ball, I don't, I don't see him as a 25 carry a type guy. You know, I don't think he's going to wear down defenses necessarily. But he's a kid that I think you – you, you definitely make, you, you know, you definitely, as an offensive coordinator, you know, you get paid to figure out ways to give kids like him the football and, and in different, and in different uh, you know, different formations, different looks. I could, I could definitely see him, you know, being a really intriguing all-purpose player. The next guy I wanted to ask you about, obviously, is the Florida signee, Emory Jones. Uh, a lot of people are slotting him in as a potential starter immediately for Dan Mullen just based on the simple fact that Florida may not have a quarterback that fits that system? Yeah, they got no other quarterbacks. You, you watch Florida games this year, they don't have any other quarterbacks. Right. Like, it's hard to – I mean, I actually like Felipe Franks. I think he's got potential, but I just – I don't know how he would fit in at all with Dan Mullen. So, right. Felipe, unfortunately, Felipe, I think he's just – he's damaged. I think mentally he's, he's completely – he's just – you know, I think it's just – he he needed development. You know, he was a kid that shouldn't have played this year, to be honest. I actually touted him as someone that should have played, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, in fact, is he shouldn't have played because he just wasn't anywhere near the development. I think the, the worst thing you can do with a young player is play him too early. So, in his case, I, I mean, I'm not saying he can't rebound somewhere, but I don't think it'll be at Florida. And beyond just not being a good fit from the offense, I think uh, if he was a good player, um, you know, I think Mullen can tailor certain things towards him. He does have some athleticism, but he's not. I, I Mentally, I just don't think he is. I think he's just exhausted with the process. And 
you know, and with the, with the abuse that he had to deal with, both you know, within the fan base, on the field, off the field, mm-hmm. I you know, I think he's just a, a young man that needs to go somewhere else. So I, I would agree that Emory is going to, uh, you know, is probably going to have every opportunity to get early reps. And based on what you've seen from Emory Jones, do you think he'll have success if he plays next year, if he starts? I think he has a long way to go as a passer, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a good runner. I think he can make some plays with his feet. I think his best passing situations will not will come, will not come on traditional call passes, but on plays where the where, that that have kind of broken down, and he's able to buy time in the backfield. You know, I but I, you know I look at those things and I look at like Dan Mullen's history with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Dax wasn't a great passer when he started. He improved over time. Fitzgerald really took some steps forward as a passer this year before he got hurt. So you don't need to be a great passer to have success in Mullen's offense. Uh, but there are going to be times, you know, you, you know, there are going to be times when he's going to struggle to move the ball because he can't. You know, because they're going to be passing situations, and I don't. And I, he just—he's not a kid that even right now, you know, is a dual threat. Yes, he's an athletic quarterback, but you know, even athletic quarterbacks, as you know, can you know, he can, he can sit in there and just deliver that pass when you need to on third and long. I don't know that he's there yet. Mm-hmm. Another quarterback that really opened my eyes during that game was Joey Gatewood, the Auburn signee. And on one of our previous episodes, we had Mike Farrell of Rivals on, and I asked him, you know, why it seemed like Auburn was always pursuing another quarterback. They were, you know, they tried to get Justin Fields. Uh, There's there's other quarterbacks that they tried to go after. And I asked him, you know, if Gatewood is this All-American, why is Auburn pursuing other options? And he essentially said, you know, from everything he's seen, everything he's heard, Joey Gatewood is just a very, very raw prospect, but watching him in that Under Armour game, he seems like a perfect fit for Gus Malzahn's offense, what he wants to do, even a better fit than Jared Stidham. Now, I I don't imagine he would ever play over Jared Stidham next year, but looking down the line, is Joey Gatewood a, a prospect that you think could, could potentially be a star at Auburn? Yeah, I guess I wonder what Mike sees, because I've been watching Joey since he was a sophomore. I never thought of him as a raw prospect. Uh, he is a he's a he's a very good athlete that could play more than one position on the field. That doesn't make him a raw prospect at quarterback. It makes him a very good athlete because of his size and his running ability. Like I saw him uh, at the uh, you know when a Bartram Trail uh, made the uh, state championship game. And when you look at him running right away, you say this kid could probably be a first-round prospect at tight end. Uh, but you know, I, I you know he can he can throw a little. Uh, you know, he can throw on the run. Like like you said, I think he's a really good fit for the Dukes. He can throw the ball down the field, and I do think you know he can sit in there. He can take a shotgun snap, scan the field, and make a throw. Uh, you know, it, like all teenagers he's going to get better at these things but you know when i think of a raw prospect i think he's far more advanced than mike was uh, giving him credit for because i think he's more advanced as a passer than that but you know obviously by no no one counts as a perfect passer what i consider him like a you know a drop back pick you apart guy but 
you know, the thing, the thing with a, a guy like Joe is he's so big, he's so hard to bring down. And he, he's a good enough passion in a way you cannot completely sell out on him running. Because he can, he can find the open guy and he can beat you there. Uh, and, you know, like, like I said, he's a hard guy to take down. He's a, he's a physical player. Uh, you know, big quarterback that's a physical guy. When you watch him run, he runs with a level of physicality that you don't see out of most quarterbacks. But then most quarterbacks aren't six foot four, two hundred and forty five pounds. You know, he's carrying a lot of he's carrying a lot of muscle. You know, a lot of, a lot of lot in that frame. And uh, you know, yeah. So I, I like Joey. I think he's going to be good at Auburn. Again, it's a possibility he doesn't play quarterback. I'm not. I wouldn't sit down there and say he's, you know, for sure going to be a quarterback. But I would say that uh, I think that he's got a very good chance of being a productive player at Auburn University for quite a while. Yeah, and the, the one play that really stood out from my mind from that whole game, he had a run. You know, it wasn't incredibly impressive. I think it was maybe like a 12-yard run, but he ran over a defender. He runs out of bounds, and he's just staring down the guy that he ran ran over. And uh you know, I, I like to see that competitiveness, especially in, you know, obviously it's just an exhibition game, but you like to see a guy like that have a little fire, have a little passion, even in a game that, that doesn't really mean anything. So that really stood out to me. Yeah, man, I tell you, there is a, it's an all-star game, but they, they, it's not, you know, the, the, the competition level is so high there. That those, guys, those guys believe it. They're going for they're out there on that field. They've been, they've been chomping at the bit all week. They're going for blood. So I loved it, too. I loved the fact that he showed that side of his game. Because that, he is a big, strong, young man. He's tough. And you know what I mean? You have to be – you've got to be physically tough to play the quarterback, quarterback the way Gus Malzahn wants it. And, you know, Stidham is more of a – you know, less of a runner, more of a passer. You know, I think, I think Gatewood – is a little bit more of a runner right now, but I think his passing skills will, you know, should should be able to improve. And I, I, have, I have high expectations for him. I think he can actually make it at quarterback in Auburn's offense. But you know, I'm not I'm not surprised to look for another quarterback because he can make it as a tight. I think I guess I think he can be a tremendous first round sort of tight end. But that's just because he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do. Some guys can do both. Another guy I wanted to ask you about, you know, I don't really recall any standout plays from him from the game, but just maybe your overall thoughts, if you have any, on receiver Malik Heath. Um, he was a top prospect from Mississippi, he signed with Mississippi State, and they desperately need help at receiver immediately. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on him and whether he could kind of come in and play the first year? Yeah, I think I, I mean, I think I saw him. I didn't really, you know, he didn't, obviously, I watched the game, he didn't stand out in the game but uh mm-hmm. size you know i you know i think if you look at if they need help at receiver they need some targets you know physically he's going to you know he's going to fit the bill now you know i couldn't tell you about his route tree couldn't tell you about his hands couldn't tell you about his ability to downfield block or uh or do the other things that you know the receivers need to do and are really going to need to do under Moorhead, who's you know is going to run a little much different offense mm-hmm. than the one that Dex did, but physically he fits the bill. And I think you know, like running back, wide receiver, as a freshman, if you can, if you're big, and you can run, and let's assume you can catch. If you're playing receiver, 
you got a shot. You know, they don't have to they don't have to complicate the route tree too much at the beginning. Another receiver that I wanted to talk to you about is currently uncommitted, but Jacob Copeland, uh, you know, obviously Florida, Alabama, yeah. and Tennessee, they're all after him. They all want him. Um, I didn't see anything from him in that game that was that was too standout-ish, but he did have that one play where he kind of, you know, made an end-around out of a non-end-around play, and it just it really showcased how athletic he was. He made a lot of the best athletes in the nation look foolish on that play. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on Jacob Copeland? Yeah, I thought it was a very athletic play, probably not. It wasn't the most productive play because he probably gained about an additional half yard with all that running. So <laughs> I would have next time told him just to put his shoulder, you know, just just plant his foot, head up, feel, and get another tough yard if you need to. But I, I you know, I've seen Jacob for a few years living here in the state, and uh, really good, smooth receiver. I think he, you know, he he does a good job of getting the ball at the point of attack. Um, I don't think he fights the ball too much, which is something that I see a lot of young receivers doing these days. Um, but overall, uh, I think he's a good, well-rounded prospect. I know he's committed to Florida. I know he's looking at a few places. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at Florida again mm-hmm. in the long run, but I know there's a few other options out there for him. He's a kid. I, I wouldn't expect too much out of him in his freshman year other than you know, maybe getting in some of the multiple sets and or, or you're running three, four wide and, you know, maybe helping out on special teams somewhere. But I feel like he's a young man that you look at the 2019, 2020 season, you know, can really emerge as a uh, as a player. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny that you say that he did. He did gain an extra yard on that one play, but. It, it, yes. was, it was a spectacular you know yard. <laughs> it was. It was fun. You know, it's a it's an it's an all star game. So I, you know, I think he was he clearly had you know had his you know you got you only know, you know as a receiver you might only get one two three catches in the game. So you know you got to try to make something happen. So I can always appreciate the uh, the desire to make a big play. You know, he ran around a lot, and it, it was fun to watch. It definitely was. And it's like you know, but you know, obviously. When you're when you're when you're when you're in the, when you're in a game on Saturday, it's just the coach is going to say, "Hey, just put your, you know, just 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 make sure you bring that ball in, turn around, and try to get what you can." Now, I also wanted to ask you about Justin Fields. Obviously, he didn't play in the game. He he injured his finger earlier in, in his senior season. Signed with Georgia, he's a you know all American quarterback. Everybody's talking about him. And on one of our previous episodes, we had Barton Simmons of Two Four Seven Sports on and. And he threw it out there, you know, he said there's a chance that he starts next year despite what Jake Fromm has done for Georgia this season. Um, I don't know how much of Justin Fields you've seen play this year, but do you have any thoughts on him and any thoughts on that him potentially starting for Georgia next year? Uh, I don't think he's going to start next year. I, don't, I think that's, uh, that's a lot of that's – some, that's some hyperbole. I mean, let's, I mean, if he does start, it would be – more than likely because Jake Fromm had an injury or something that uh, mm-hmm. just that that, that that kept that took him out of the lineup. Let's uh, you know I think I think sometimes one of the things we do is you know you see that next hot name it's like oh he can come and he might no he's not going to Jacob Fromm by every count and you know it was proven again on Monday you know he's the you know the the, the, the team is really fit tailored around his skills right now. He as a freshman went in there, took that job, 
He is, uh, you know, he takes pride in that job, and he's a competitor. Obviously, to come in there and really, you know, he he didn't start ahead of Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason got hurt early, but he never let go of the job, and he, you know, and he has command, and he's a leader. You know, he had, you know, he's won the respect of his teammates and respect of his coaches, and you know, he is carrying himself as the face of that program, and it's it's a really unfair to expect, you know. Justin Fields to come in as a as a freshman, you know, and and you know, I, it, it's going to be more pertinent to see what he learns from Jake Fromm in how to conduct himself as a starting quarterback than for him to come in there and you know grab a football and you know and start looking like you know Michael Vick or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, so you know whoever whoever you know name quarterback, you know that that's the thing. So it's probably a little. Probably a little bit of a fun hyperbole to think about, but he's not going to start. That doesn't mean he's not going to contribute or be a major contributor. I look at, um, you you look at the game this year, uh, you know, all year, the idea that Tua could play this situation or that situation or another situation, it turns out that really they were just waiting for the national title game (laughs) for it to happen. And, you know, that's going to be the same thing. I, I don't think Kirby smart like Nick Saban would ever be afraid to make the move if it was the best thing for the team. So if there's a situation down the line that comes that, you know, Jake that, that Justin Fields will be more effective than Jake Fromm to help them win a football game, absolutely I think he's going to play. But I think he's going to start right away. Next year, that's ridiculous. I, I don't see that happening. Like I said, unless Jake Fromm suffers an injury of some sort. Yeah, and I think that's just going to be kind of part of the legacy of Jake Fromm. Obviously, now he was a touted prospect, but when you want to compare, yeah, absolutely. If, if you want to yeah. compare his hype to Justin Fields and even Jacob Eason, who his hype was off the charts, yet it's Jake Fromm that kind of went in there and, and got it done. Um, he just seems he just seems like you said a natural, not only for the position but for that team. He just he really fits what they are. And uh, I, I thought that was that was evident as soon as he stepped on the field. There was the, the team got better. It didn't even it didn't even slow down with him in there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, for Justin Fields, I think the most pertinent thing is for him right away is to figure out what makes Jake Fromm tick. How is he able to so quickly win the respect of his teammates, win the trust of his coaches when they had as we see, you know, a, a young man who had had you know you know ten eleven get starts up under his belt, who was a five-star prospect, old guy that, you know, as of a few hours ago, has said his goodbyes to half in Georgia. After Georgia, because there's no room for him anymore. So I think that's the first, you know, if you want to know what I expect, I, I hope for Justin Fields in the spring is for him to, you know, figure out what makes you, what makes you think from pick and try to emulate a lot of those, those, those skills that he had as a leader and as a guy that, you know, clearly everybody on that team believes in that, you know, they believe to win him a title. And he was, and he proved to on Monday that in many situations that he wasn't scared of the moment, that he can make the third down throws, that he can make the, you know, he can make the big plays. So the idea that somebody, because we've rated him high, is going to come in and start above him, no, it's not going to happen. You know, that's not, that's not really the way things work. But, you know, that doesn't mean that there won't be a situation in the 2018 season where Justin Fields is going to make a difference on the field. Another um, All-American that I wanted to ask you about, 
Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, uh, currently committed to Alabama, but uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. His position coach, or the, the coach that was recruiting him to Alabama, Derek Ansley, just he just took a job with the Oakland Raiders, and that's that seems to uh, have hurt Alabama there. And he's on his way to a visit to Tennessee. I know Georgia stopped by his high school today. It seems like both those schools are really going hard after Quay Walker. Did you have any thoughts on him from the Under Armour All-American game? No, he was one of the – I think he was maybe the only player um, that was committed to Bama in one of these All-Star games that wasn't signed, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you, I think, I'm sure he just uh, committed and never signed. So uh, I don't really remember a whole – you know, the guys that really started me on defense was the Cox kid and the other kid that's going to Alabama, the uh, – Cox the one going to – Yes, yeah, exactly. Those were the ones that really stood out to me. Uh, I couldn't, you know, I hate to, hate to, hate to, hate to punt there, but you know, you're watching, you're watching a lot. You're watching a lot. I actually, you know, I probably look at them more in a replay. You know, I, I have it still on my DVR. When I look at the game again in a few weeks, I could probably, you know, kind of spotlight them a little more. But um, you know, that, you know, when you're watching the game in real time, you're kind of seeing who really stands out but that doesn't it doesn't surprise me that if you're a this position coach is left and you know you gotta think Alabama's without that coach or without their D coordinator obviously Jeremy Ford did the job at Tennessee then yeah I would and if you don't sign I mean I think the way this early signing kind of worked is hey if you're not if you're committed and didn't sign early you're kind of open aren't you <laughs> right that was going to be my follow-up there I think a lot of these schools now it's not going to be the same for obviously like an MTSU or, or someone on that level, but Alabama, Georgia, what have you, the elite of the elite, if you don't sign, I think those schools are going to, I mean, I th- I'm surely they'll hold out for five-star prospects, but I think anything short of that, they're just they're going to look around and keep their options open. Yeah, I think at that point, if you're not signing early, it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's two-way open. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Alabama's going to, you know, continue to look at other players that could fit that scholarship, and the young man is going to continue to uh, figure out if that's the right fit for him. And, we'll, you know, and at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, I, but yeah, I mean, that was, I, I, I'm, you know, that when you brought up the name, I was pretty sure if I was, as I was doing my legwork that he was the only one of the players for Alabama that were committed to school and either the Army or the um, Under Armour game that did not that that was not um, signed mm-hmm. that was just committed and hadn't signed yet. So, you know, I think that you know in his case this might work out because he lost his D coordinator. I mean, you know, Pruitt had taken the job, and then mm-hmm. Ainsley, you know, takes the job. So the, the the primary recruiters for him are no longer there. So you mentioned Jordan Davis, the defensive end from from Memphis. He signed with Alabama. Brenton Cox, the big defensive end from from Georgia, he signed with Georgia. Uh, did yeah? Can you tell us about those two guys and just uh, your general thoughts on on if they could potentially make an impact next year? Cox really uh, of all the players on either side defense, Cox really showed me some accelerated skills and his technique you know it was just it was it was beyond just the speed and obviously he's got you know so much so much from the physical from the physical tools to work with 
but I was really impressed with just the just the way he was able to control the hand fighting, uh, you know, understand where he needed to be and how quickly he was able to get there. And you know, I think he he was he's a young man that he seemed to diagnose what the blockers were doing against were doing very well and how to get around it. So I was really impressed with, you know, I, I would say the mental preparation for the game and how quickly he's able to mentally, you know, mentally diagnose what's happening on the field and come up with answers for it. You know, he really, you know, I would say of all the players, he really kind of stood out to me in that area. All right, the last last thing I got for you here, I just wanted to throw this out. These, these two players, they were not at the Under Armour All-American game. They were actually at the Army All-American game, but they played the same position. They went to the same high school uh, there in Florida. They both went to American Heritage, and, of course, I'm talking about five-star Patrick Sertan and five-star Tyson Campbell. Uh, do you have any thoughts on either one of them? I know they're both uncommitted. And it looks like they're both probably going to head to the SEC. Any thoughts on either one of those prospects? Yeah, well, I think Patrick Sertain is the best defensive back in the state of Florida, which might make him the best defensive back in the nation. Uh, obviously, the name is familiar. You know, his dad has a tremendous NFL uh, NFL credentials. But mm-hmm. I've seen Patrick a number of times over the years. I probably first met that kid when he was maybe in seventh grade. So uh, you know he he plays he plays the game he plays the game like it's supposed to be played on the edge. Uh, my one of my good friends Charles Fishbine says he thinks he's the best defensive back prospect in the state since Patrick Peterson. I don't know if I'm gonna go that far, but that's pretty good. You know, <laughs> if if, uh, if he turns out to be eighty percent of what Patrick Peterson is, that's a pretty good player. So. Uh, Tyson Campbell's a beast, man. I mean, that's just a big, hulking player uh, in that secondary. Uh, I know he was, uh, I know, you know, my friends that are Miami Hurricane fans were really, you know, they kind of hoped that that would be the one guy, if any guy in his class, that Mark Rick could keep, you know, down in the uh, Tri-County area in Florida. But, you know, I'm convinced that he's probably leaning towards the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that it's that type of player. It's those type of you know, why is Georgia gonna win a national title in the next two or three years? Because they just keep getting better at every position. You know, they were good. They were obviously very, very, very good this year. But the offensive line class they're bringing in is probably the best OL class I've seen in any school's brought in the last five years. Mm-hmm. You know, the players, where they, the areas where they've got talented players, they're bringing in more talented players. And, and that's why they're going to win a title. And you make a good point because last year, if I'm not mistaken, they brought in six offensive linemen that were either four or five-star prospects, and they follow that up with another four or five once again. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's incredible what, what Kirby Smart's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, this is... This was the thing that I told people. I said, you know, it's almost it's almost lucky that they weren't able to pull out the game this year. Because if they won the game this year, who knows, you know. Uh, I mean, I think in many ways, you know, Monday night the torch was passed. You know, even though Alabama came up with the win and a tremendous win, and they showed all the heart and all the resolve that we. I think we all were never sure that they had. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take this out of them. I think for so many years they've been so dominant. I think we all wondered how they could withstand really being punched in the mouth 
by a team that wasn't scared of them and willing to do it. And they stood up and they took it on the chin and they came back and they won. So I will, I will never question the, the, the competitive spirit or the resolve of the, any player of that program ever again. All that being said, they were dominated in that game for two and a half quarters. And I'd never seen that before. So, you know, he's going to build on that, bring in a few better players. And when they, and when they get that opportunity again, I, I, I expect Georgia to fully take over that torch. Well, you just became the most popular man in Athens uh, as soon as this gets published. But I uh, wanted to thank you once again. Of course, that was Corey Long, SDS recruiting expert. You can follow him at Corey Long on Twitter. Uh, I really appreciate the time, uh, Corey. Thanks again for, for joining us. Hey, no problem. Give me a call anytime. I love this stuff. All right, great stuff from Corey. And again, you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Long. You know, we kind of touched on a lot of prospects there from the Under Armour All-American game. It's going to be really interesting to see where Maurice Washington goes. You know, I think he was the biggest surprise for me from that game. He really looked like, uh, you know, a player that that kind of took his undervalued status and, and kind of that kind of burned his fire a little bit extra. And I think that's what you want because, you know, th- this isn't a secret or any by any means, but I don't think most people understand how few people are actually rating these prospects. You know, you got thousands and thousands of players all across the country playing football. And, I mean, you, you're talking a handful of evaluators at, at each of the recruiting services. So it's not possible to, to accurately rank all of them. Uh, so you've seen time and time again, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think a guy like Maurice Washington kind of kind of took that and ran with it this week from a low-level three-star to now having SEC schools, Nebraska pounding at his door. Uh, I think he's going to have a really bright future ahead of him. So uh, it would be really interesting to see where he goes. I think we're going to end it on that. And as always, I'm going to sign off here as my typical signing. Don't tweet recruits.